And for the last, you have to understand, for the last three months, I have been teaching five hours a day through a mask, okay, uh, at high school. And so, my vocal cords are really gnarled. So, uh, I just wanted you to, to know that that's what's going on. And, yes. It's tough to go through your Bible with one hand. <clears throat> All right, James chapter 1. Lord, I, I just come before you and I just pray, Lord, that we can just really focus on you. Lord, that we would receive your word. And even though tensions are high right now in the nation, and tensions are even unfortunately high in some churches, Lord, that we would choose to see the world through your word. And that we would see the world through your eternal plan. So Father, I just release hearts right now to receive. I release ears to hear properly. Father, I just pray against any spirit of confusion. Any spirit of fault. Any spirit that's going to try to bend the words which are given. In Jesus' name, amen? All right. James chapter 1, verse 26. I love this one. James 1. Verse 26. If anyone among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, let me read that again. If anyone among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. Useless. Without any use. Okay. Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this. To visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. Unspotted from the world. And so obviously, look, this, this last couple months, oh my gosh, I mean, go back eight months. 2020 has been, well, crazy. The last eight months have been crazy. And the last month has been crazy. And the last week has been crazy. I'm just going to be honest, with outside of the grace of the Lord, I'm just telling you, it's, it's going to, I really do think it's going to continue. Uh, because of all of the energy and all of the processes of the electoral process, right? It's, it's, it's outside of our prayers, prayers of order and peace. I'm, I'm sure it's only going to get a little bit more tumultuous. I think you have to have your head in the sand to think differently. But obviously in prayer, everything changes, right? So I felt the Lord uh, was just saying through, through everything that's going on, and I, I don't say this often for the guests out there, I'm not like, the Lord has spoken to me. Because He doesn't just speak to me like that. But I do know when the Lord speaks. I just don't hear Him speak audibly or whatever like every day. I'm growing in it. But when I hear the Lord speak, I, I, I know. Okay? I feel the Lord is saying this. Uh, this is a time that my bride, His bride, 
uh, will shine, or a time she shall become defiled. This is very important. This is a time when either the bride of Messiah will arise and shine, or she will become tarnished, she will become defiled. And I really feel that very strongly from the Lord. Right? 2020, COVID, societal division, political tension. I really do believe that the year 2020 thus far has been a time of testing. Right? It's been a time of tribulation, trial, difficulty, right? For many of us. Uh, and I, I want to go out to venture and say what I, what I do believe by my perception and through my prayers and really a lot by my perception of looking at the world and really the big C church. The big C church is this. Uh, I, I do believe that, that some, if not many, in the big C church have failed the test. They have become spotted. Pure, undefiled religion, unspotted. I've been seeing a lot of spotting. I've been seeing a lot of muck. I've been seeing a lot of mud. But there's hope because there's still time to be transformed into the image of Jesus from glory to glory till we see him, right? Face to face. Still time. But I do think that a lot have failed the test. Or maybe you got a D. Since I'm a high school teacher, maybe you got a D. We'll pass you, but low marks. Right? Of course we pass, right? We're going to glory. But I, yeah, it's, it's just you know, what I'm feeling. And so, what do, what do, I, what do we mean by this whole um, on being unspotted? Okay? Um, pure religion is visit the orphans, take care of the widows, and keep yourself unspotted from the world. Right? And so, being unspotted or being pure, right, and holy, a priestly class, a strange and peculiar people, right, is to not take on the carnal attributes of the world. To be pure, to be unspotted, is to not be like the world. Not to operate in rage, not to operate in anger, and not to operate in coarse jesting. Ephesians 5. This is, man, some of us, I need to get this tattooed on our forehead backwards so when we look in the mirror, we see it. Therefore, be imitators of God. Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling aroma. I guess you'd have a really big forehead if you wrote all this down there. <laughs> Verse 3. But fornication in all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not even be named among you. As is fitting for saints. Okay, we all get the fornication part. Sex outside of marriage, right? 
and but all uncleanness, all uncleanness, any spot. It's not like you can't have spots. It, it is like there shouldn't even be actually a shouldn't even be a named among you. Like we're, we're supposed to be acting as imitators of Christ to such an extent that the cleanliness or the uncleanliness is so far removed that it doesn't even almost come up in conversation. Neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor coarse jesting which are not fitting but rather giving of thanks. For this you know that no fornicator, unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore do not be partakers with them. Wow! This is the people who are foolish talking, creating judgment that is speaking out in coarse jesting. The carnal man have nothing to do with them. <laughs> That's tough. Do not be partakers with them. I know we forget this stuff. I mean, because people don't want to talk about it. I mean, Paul talks about someone who has come to faith and if you approach them and they have not asked for forgiveness of their sin and they continue to walk in it, and they continue to be one who is compelled by sin, Paul says, do not even have table fellowship with them. I know, it's like, we don't teach about these things. Now, look, let me, let me like pedal it back a little bit. There's a difference between working out your difficulties. We are all sinners. And that's different than surrendering. And being, that's just the way it is, and I can't do anything. There's a difference. We all sin. If we didn't eat with anyone that didn't sin, we would all be eating alone, or rather not eating, because we ourselves are sinners. What Paul really means by that is, is those people who have surrendered to the sin. Like, I'm just going to keep sinning, and I'm not working it out with the Lord. But yeah, I mean, this is a pretty strong word. And then verse 8, For you were once in darkness, but now you are light in the world. Walk as children of light. All right, so this whole concept of being in the world unspotted is a bit of this, right? <clears throat> the teachings of Jesus are very clear, people. They're very clear. Come out from the world. Yes, we live in the world. Yes, we work in the world. Yes, we even vote in the world. As we may be surrounded by the muck, we cannot... And we must not allow the defilement of the world to tarnish the reputation and witness of Jesus. And it cannot and must not tarnish the representation of his bride. Okay? And I'm telling you, there are people who have already missed that test. And it's only day three or four. You missed it already. Like the test was like neon glowing lights. And you missed it already. But there's still time. We cannot become defiled. Okay? We cannot become like the world, people. We can't. Alright? So, now this is the part where I... This is why I prayed. I really want people to 
hear things appropriately, okay? I really, I really, this, Lord, I'm just saying again, Lord, please, that people have pure hearts. If, they're, if there's a feeling that they're being corrected, it's, it's the Holy Ghost. So we just pray, Lord, for, for that direction. All right. There's a white elephant in the room. And as it's been said, when there is a white elephant in the room, the best thing you should do is introduce him. So here is the white elephant, the election. We already heard a song, a, a sigh. Amen, brother. Look, uh, politics is, is usually not, you know, mentioned in church at large. Well, that's not completely true. There's plenty of churches that do that. But politics is defined as a discussion and a debate on public policy. Okay? Now, you are allowed in church to discuss biblical standards of public policy. For example, those who bless Israel shall be blessed. That is something that is scripture and that has become a political po- public policy, actually, in the United States. The sanctity of life, that is a biblical position. But also, taking care of the widows and the orphans and the impoverished, that is also a biblical standard. Alright? But I'm not really talking about politics. I'm talking about a historical event. A historical event that shook the world called the 2020 election. Okay? Now, here's a primer. Daniel 2, 21. God. Daniel 2, 21. And he, God, changes the times and seasons. I talked about this yesterday, or last week. He removes kings and raises up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. That's the Bible. Okay. So, look, I'm not talking who you should have voted for. I'm not telling you who you should not have voted for. I am taking a look at one of the greatest things that have happened and I think will continue to happen in anyone who's like 20 years or younger. This is one of the biggest events. And one of the reasons why I say this is because there's a lot of prophetic people, right, who have been saying some very big things, right? So how does, how does this all work? Now I'm a social studies teacher. And so I'm sick and tired of talking about the election because I, I talk about it all day long. That's what I do for a living. But just so you know, right, there's been a declaration by the, essentially the news that Joe Biden is the next president of the United States. Technically, underneath the Constitution, that does not happen until mid-December when there's the actual physical casting of the Electoral College. That's how the system works. So, in the meantime, right, Donald Trump has said and his team has said that they believe that there is fraud that has been going on and they, they are investigating and they're providing some semblance of evidence according to his team. The news stations, the main news stations are saying, well, he hasn't really provided any evidence. The alternative news is saying that they are providing evidence. And look, I don't know. That wasn't there. But this is how our system of government works. This is the beauty 
and what the founding fathers were able to come up with, I believe inspired by the Lord. A system of checks and balances, a system of order. There are ways to go forward, and that is what we're in the midst of. And in that midst, there is going to be a lot of tension. Okay? So, let's talk about the spiritual paradigms behind all of this. Okay? Now, I, I've been thinking this for a while. But I was trying to behave. And then I, I saw a video by Dr. Michael Brown. Uh, and I was like, oh man, he just said exactly what I've been thinking. If you don't know Dr. Michael Brown, he's a highly, highly respected leader uh, in the, you know, how would you say, like, in the charismatic world, really. I mean, if you want to even go by those labels anymore. He was instrumental in the uh, Brownsville revival down in uh, the 90s. He has a PhD in, in Middle Eastern languages from New York University. He's born again, spirit-filled. He rubs elbows with all the big names. Lou Engel, Jeremiah Johnson, you name it. Michael Brown is there. Okay? And he released a video, and I was like, oh, I feel so good. Thank you. That someone of this type of level of, of, of respect has just broken it down. I was like, oh, I feel so much better. Because this is what I was thinking, but I thought people thought I was nuts. But he said it, so now I feel a little better. Here are the spiritual paradigms, right? There are people in the church, and there are people in the conservative faction of politics that are saying that there's fraud right, in the election, okay? Now, here's the thing. There's a system in place to evaluate this, right? The courts, and we pray for law and order to take place, because that is what the Lord wants. He wants law and order, okay? But I just want to throw this out, this out this to you. If God wants a particular candidate in office, whomever it may be, do you think fraud would keep that person out? No! Whether God wants Trump in office or God wants Biden in office, they're going to be in office. Because he raises up kings and he brings kings down. No amount of hoopla can stop that because he's all-powerful. And if he has set it into motion, it's going to happen. Now, on top of that, and I'm just speaking very clearly, or very just open, because according to the studies, 88% of white evangelicals voted for Donald Trump. 88%. So I'm just zeroing in on here. If that, I mean, what, what has been going on, I know of no other election in history or in modern history where there has been the same level of prayer, worship, fasting. I have never seen anything come close to this level. I mean, unbelievable amounts of prayer and fasting by large groups of spirit-filled born-again believers, and if their prayers are going up, I, I, I think God has it under control. Now, the problem with this is, 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 is this, which can be very real with you, and this is what I've been like holding my tongue on for, I'll be honest, a couple months, before even the election. And Michael Brown said it, and I was like, okay, I feel a little better. I think what makes this complicated, and some of you may not know what I'm talking about, maybe a handful, 
but a lot of you do know what I'm talking about. There have been lots and lots of prophetic words released that Donald Trump would be a president again. Okay? Like lots of prophetic words. We're talking big name people who have like said things that you would never think would happen that did happen. Now, I'm not going to talk about all the prophetic words, but there's been like, we're talking like 15 years ago. When people were saying Donald Trump is going to win the election. Uh, I mean, like crazy stuff that's videotaped. There are things that are going down right now that literally have been written about and published. Right? It's a book by Lance Wall now, who he was saying that all of the present things that are happening right now would in fact happen. It is creepy to read it. Okay? So, before you like start thinking that I'm trying to preach that you know the Republican Party is 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 the the end all be all. Uh, what I am doing here is not talking politics. I'm talking about the election, an historical event, and trying to get a biblical view of it. Now, if we don't talk about these things, we're uneducated in these things. So we need to talk about it, but we need to have mature hearts. This is what's going on. If the Lord has in fact spoken to these people who have prophetic gifting, and if these prophetic giftings were from the Lord, and these words were from the Lord, then Donald Trump will win. If he doesn't win, it's going to be real with you, these prophetic words were wrong. They're wrong. Those are the options. No fraud is going to keep what the Lord wants. Now, I've been sitting on this, I've honestly been kind of feeling that. But I was like, ooh, I'm going to wait. And Dr. Brown really just released it. I was like, oh, I feel so much better. Yes, prophetic people can get wrong words. First Kings, I think, 22. Right? So, fine. Like, everyone's like all nutty. It's like, God is sovereign, and his will will be done. And I want to put my head on the pillow and go to sleep and be fine. You got to be reminded of that. Oh, White House is calling. Those are the options. Uh, you, some, 88% of you need to bear this right now. It may have, in fact, been God's will for, Donald, uh, for Joe Biden to become president of the United States. You have to stomach that. I know you don't like that, but his ways are far above my ways. And the only way you can finagle it is if Joe Biden does go into office, you have to say, well, someone tampered with it and they're more powerful than God. If he raises up kings and he brings kings down, he has the final word. Now, this is different. Guys, look, I am not talking about policy. I'm not talking about that element of politics, right? We vote in accordance to what we feel is right in the spirit and in the natural for those who are aligning up with what we believe to be of certain biblical perceptions and that is your, not just your right, it is your responsibility, okay? And people have perceived the different candidates in different ways off of that. That's not what I'm digesting here. What I'm digesting here is what the heck is going on, right? 
So it's like, what's our response? Our response is this. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come on earth, right? Like, your will be done. That's what our prayers should be. Let your will be done and don't let anything or anyone be able to stop that. Okay? But I, this, I'm just, I'm a history teacher and I'm a teacher of the Bible. I, I'm telling you that there is a lesson that needs to be learned, which many people will not learn and they will scoff it away. And it's this. Since the year 1980, the church has been on a trajectory. Since the year 1980. The trajectory has been this. There has been a merger of the religious spirit and the political spirit. 1976, Jimmy Carter is a born-again believer, Baptist pastor, teacher, and he's a Democrat. 1980 begins. There's a merger of the religious spirit and the political spirit. Now, a lot of people won't talk about this because this is not how you pay your bills. This is how you turn white evangelicals away from your church. But I'll just be honest. I have to give account before the Lord. I'm just going to tell you like it is. And what is this? It's not all Christians have done this. Not at all. Not at all. Many Christians have not done this. But many Christians, or some Christians, I don't know. I don't know the percentages, and I'm not the judge. But what I sense in the spirit and what I see is this. Some have looked at a political party or a political expression to be the means to establish the advancement of the kingdom of God. We have looked to a certain political expression or a certain political party to be the means to establish the gospel on earth. Not everyone in the church has done this, but some in the church have done this. Sometimes it's tremendously overt, and sometimes it is subtle. And I want to clarify, we are supposed to vote in accordance to biblical values. A hundred percent. But to think that if this person gets into office, that the gospel will go forward in greater measure or not in greater measures, I don't know what Bible you're reading. That is the spirit of Herod. Bringing politics and religion and merging into one. It's the spirit of Herod. It's the spirit of the Pharisees. It's the spirit of the disciples. No, no, no. You can't suffer, Jesus. You can't be crucified. You're going to set up your earthly kingdom. He says, no, I'm not. Jesus did not merge the two. The apostles did not merge the two. They tell us to be a witness. And I think if the apostles were able to be benefited from a democratic system, I think they would say, vote in accordance to biblical standards, 100%. But they're not looking to the certain political expressions to make the advancement of the kingdom dependent upon it. Not everyone in the church has done this, but we have been on a trajectory since 1980. And if you're like, okay, sure, sure, Dave, whatever. I have a test for you to take. To be honest, if you answer yes to any of these, I believe that you have come underneath some level of a religious and political spirit. Maybe not fully in, but a little bit in. And this is the lesson. You need to be free from that. 
or you will become spotted. A little bit of a mature word today. But I feel the Lord is on it big time. Because I'm telling you right now, people, in the natural, if courts get involved, and if there's an overturning of the presidential election, we'll just theoretically say that. You have no idea what is coming down the pike. You have no idea. And if the prophetic words of some very big name people are in fact true, you are going to need to be unspotted. I pray mercy. I pray mercy. I pray His will. So here's the test. Right, check mark, yes or no. Here it is. Do you, do you or have you belittled, degraded, joked, jest, or tear down the nature of a man or woman based upon just because of their political party? Not their policy. You are allowed to critique policy 100%. But have you joked, have you belittled, have you degraded the image of God inside of a human being? Critiquing their policy, that's different. That's completely different. It's warranted. But to belittle someone, to degrade someone, is not the spirit of Christ. Not a chance. It's the spirit of the world. Spirit of the devil. That's just the way it is. Now, to critique policy, that's a different story. Absolutely. To critique policy. Jesus critiqued policy all the time. You say, like, you can't work on the Sabbath. Isn't it better to heal someone on the Sabbath? He critiqued policy all the time. You're going to be very careful, people. You're going to become unspotted. I'm sure you're going to become spotted. Test number two. If I, in conversation with you, critiqued Joe Biden, if I critiqued Barack Obama, You'd be like, yeah, okay. But if I critiqued Donald Trump, you now become defensive and irritated. Religious spirit. Telling you. Critiquing policy, different. But let's be real. Amen, brother. If, you're, look, if, the, if the stats are right, 88% of white evangelicals, if I critiqued Obama, Harris, Biden, amen, brother. But if I critique Donald Trump, you might be leaving the church. Religious spirit. Political spirit. And they merge. That is the sin of the Pharisee. The sin of the Pharisee. And vice versa. I'm just putting it this way because let's just be real, right? The voting trends are that way. But what if I critiqued by uh, I critiqued Trump and you're like yeah amen that guy is such a jerk blah, 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 blah. but then if I critiqued Biden and Obama you were like oh my gosh you can't do that then it's just flipped right the energy it's vice versa it's all the same but I'm just being real with you because let's like I'm so tired of hiding things like 88% the stats with the stats so it's probably that way may not be but it probably is if we elect Biden, we are doomed. 
If we elect Trump, we are saved. <laughs> if that is a statement that comes out of your mouth, or vice versa, if we elect Trump, we're doomed. If we elect Biden, we are saved. You have just made a person and a political party your means to the advancement of a gospel and the advancement of life on planet Earth. What are we doing? What on Earth are we doing? Jesus is Lord! Now, this has been increased, this energy has been increased because people feel so fervently that one of the two candidates is the candidate that God wants in office. Okay? But I, I'm telling you, like, I, we've never had things like this. I mean, obviously the last election. But like, it's not like in the year, uh, you know, in the year 1948, there was a real conversation between Harry S. Truman and Dewey on who the Lord's favorite candidate was. That was not happening in the church. I don't know. I think the Lord really wants Richard Nixon. No, I think the Lord really wants Walter Mondale. Nope. No. That wasn't going on. This is an energy that has been created since the 80s. Okay? There's a merger that's been going on. That's why the energy is so high. We gotta be careful, people. Because if we're energized so much, we have to ask ourselves a question. Has a single president, a single candidate, or the government himself, itself, become a golden calf? I, I'm just, I believe that in the general population of the Big C Church, it absolutely has. Become a golden calf. Now, has it become a golden calf in your life? I have no idea. I don't know. It's not my responsibility to point that out. It's a responsibility for me to look inside of me. Have I made politics? Have I made government people a golden calf? I do know this, though. We as a bride right now will shine right now, or we will become defiled by how we respond, by how we look at things, how we act, what we think about other people, and their political persuasion. That is different than policy. Look, there's a great plan. You know, the, the devil seeks, seeks whom he can, who he can devour. Could it be that the devil could get the church so riled up could it be that the devil could get the church so riled up about an earthly kingdom that we defame the spiritual kingdom? Say that again. Could it be that the devil could get the church, the bride of Messiah, so riled up about an earthly kingdom that we defame the spiritual kingdom? This is what was happening on the night that Jesus was betrayed. You remember Peter taking out his sword and cutting the ear off? No way. You cannot take the Messiah. Just defiled it. Peter, Peter, you just defiled it. 
cut off a man's ear? Born should Jesus heal to you, right? But look, this is the same thing that was going on. So we can't tarnish the reputation of Jesus. We cannot tarnish the reputation of the bride. And here it is, man. The world is looking at you. Uh, is Zeke here? you mind getting on the keys? You have to understand. The world is looking at you. Whomever you voted for. Your neighbor is looking at you. Your friends are looking at you. Jesus is looking at you. How shall you respond? Where are you putting your hope in? Christ alone? Cornerstone? Or whoever is in the White House? Look, to be unspotted, the earthly paradigm does not tarnish us, should not tarnish us, and should not tarnish me. The earthly paradigm should not be tarnishing me. My actions should not be walking out in a spotted way. My speech, my beliefs, all of it. But I, I do believe that many of us may be tempted to make a presidential candidate or the government of the United States our golden calf. You have to be very, very mindful of this. And it's hard, because I'm just to be honest, I know like this is a small church, or there are so many leaders who are kind of promoting it. They're promoting it. Some are just speaking prophetic words and are not promoting it. They're just saying, this is what the Lord has said, amen. But others are promoting it. Be so careful. Oh, the Spirit of Christ. Little reminder, Psalm 118. It is better to trust in the Lord than put confidence in man. It is better to trust in the Lord than put confidence in princes. Do not put your trust. Do not put your trust in princes. In human beings who cannot save. Yes, we vote according to biblical standards. But you can't put the trust. If one person in, the church is good. If one person's in, the church is destroyed. No. Doesn't work that way. Thus says the Lord, cursed is the man who trusts in man. Not like, do not put your trust. It's your cursed. Do you hear that? more than don't trust in a man, don't trust in a government. It is if you trust in a man, and if you trust in a government, you are cursed. I don't want to be cursed. Thus says the Lord, that's a prophet. Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord. Come on, 1 Samuel chapter 8. Israel wants a king. God says no. You guys remember that story? But we want to be like everyone else. And we want a king. God's like, if you do, the king is going to make you pay taxes. The king are going to make your sons go into, the, into, into, uh, into war. The king is going to do all this stuff. You don't want a king. You want me, God. And Israel responds to the prophet and says, no, we want a king. 
God says, fine, you shall have it. You may say, Dave, I put my trust in the Lord. Okay. But do you still have a golden calf? Is it possible to trust in the Lord and yet also have a golden calf? I believe so. And to evaluate that, all you have to simply do is take my test. Then you know where you're at. Ancient Israel in the land of the Sinai, in the wilderness, they saw the exploits of the Lord. They saw the signs and wonders of the Lord. Every day, they were getting manna from heaven. They knew God. They knew He was legitimate. They, every day, were seeing a miracle. But what happened is this. They settled. They settled for a golden calf. Settling for golden calves, when, a, when God appears to take too long, we settle for a calf. Moses is up in the mountaintop. He's receiving a word from the Lord. The people are getting impatient. The people want it now. So they build a golden calf. We can't do that. We can't go and say, Lord, do it my way. And then settle for a golden calf. The government shall be the thing that ushers in the kingdom. You can't do that. You cannot do that. But it's taking so long, Lord, for abortion to end. Lord, it's taking so long to see revival. I know it's taking long, Lord, long, but don't settle for the calf. Don't settle for a government to do it. Wait and contend for the Lord to do it. If not, you're just bowing down to the golden calf, the thing of the hands of men. Well, God is waiting saying, I have it all together. We need to get this because the Lord does things in His way. It's crazy. God is all-powerful. And I'm not saying that Donald Trump is the Antichrist, and I'm not saying that Joe Biden is the Antichrist. I'm using the Antichrist in the book of Revelation to understand this. Can you believe it? That God wills for an Antichrist to be raised up? Again, I'm not saying that Biden is the Antichrist or Trump is the Antichrist. I'm making a theological statement. The Lord allows people to be raised up that you don't want to be raised up. But when the rise of the Antichrist comes, it's actually in God's will. Who alive during the rising up of the Antichrist, the rising up of tribulation persecution, are going to be like, Lord, Lord, this is not what we want. This is not what we want. We're going to pray it away, pray it away, pray it away. Do it the way that we think we should do it. The Lord's like, no, I have said that I want to raise up an Antichrist to bring in the coming of the kingdom of God. I know, but that's horrible. The church is being persecuted and there's tribulation. There's all this kind of stuff. I know, that's my will. What? You can pray things away and try to pray things away that are actually not the will and intent of the Lord. 
His ways are higher than our ways. And what's beautiful is I don't have to figure it out. Lord, thy will be done on earth. Fraud, no fraud. Republican, Democrat, your will be done. I'll vote. I, have very, I personally have very strong political opinion. And I vote in accordance to that. But I do not put my trust in it. Lord, you have it all figured out. And I do know this. If we do not respond the right way, you will defile the representation of Jesus. You will become spotted. You become impure. Pure religion is this. Take care of the orphans. Take care of the widows. And remain unspotted in a carnal world. The lesson that we need to learn right now as a church is to keep ourselves unspotted and to evaluate if we've come into agreement into the spirit of religion, the spirit of politics that has tried to merge. Whomever the outcome is, or, or whomever wins, you still have to do that. You have to really look at yourself. And so let me encourage you with this. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. The fruit of the Spirit is joy. The fruit of the Spirit is peace. The fruit of the Spirit is long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. Play a game with yourself. If you are listening to your communication, if you audio taped on your phone, your communication and your actions for the last month, last week, last days. Would it be filled with gentleness? Would it be filled with joy? Would it be filled with self-control, temperance, long-suffering? Or defense, irritation, trying to prove your way? Which one? For if anyone thinks himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one examine his own work, and then he will have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. For each one shall bear his own load. Let him who is taught the word share shall bear his own load. Let him who is taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches. That's from Galatians 6. Fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, suffering, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, Let us not become conceited, provoking one another or envying one another. Lord, we come before you. Lord, I ask, I know this is a bit of an atypical sermon. But Lord, more than a certain person in office, I want to see the kingdom of God.
more than a certain person in office or even a certain law that would be retracted, Lord, I want to see the spreading of the gospel. I want to see revival fire. I want to see a nation turn their heart to you. I want to see a nation humble themselves before you. I want, to, I want to see the Holy Ghost, the Shekinah, right? The glory of the Lord fall on this land. Lord, so many of us have been looking out to laws and looking out to governments to make that happen. But the reality here is judgment begins in the house of the Lord. Lord, reveal to us if we have become spotted. Reveal to us if we have become defiled. Reveal to us if we've adopted the spirit of the Pharisee, if we've adopted the spirit of Herod, that we need and we are dependent upon an earthly kingdom to bring forth a spiritual revival. Lord, correct us. Show us truth. Lord, please, I pray that people here do not fall underneath that spirit and now get irritated and defensive because of what I just said. So, my humble opinion, you just proved my point. In Jesus' name, amen. We'll, uh, we'll have a little time of worship here. You can soak in the presence. I believe we have some coffee outside. But Zeke, if you could just spend a little time for those of us that really feel the need to, to just be introspective and allow the Lord to speak on this. This is... This is not a typical, normal sermon, in my opinion. Michael, do you, do you mind, or Brandon, either of you, can you mind just shutting the bifold doors so we can kind of keep it a little quiet? I highly encourage you, if, if you found yourself falling underneath that trap, you spend some time to go to the Lord and just be like, man, test my heart, O oh Lord. Create me a clean heart, right? Where am I putting my trust? In men, in horses, or in the Lord. And please, there's a difference between policy, living out your convictions that way, the difference between that and everything else I was talking about today. So, have a wonderful week. I'm going to spend some time with the Lord because I want to make sure.